All right, we are continuing our study through the letter of 2 Corinthians here on the Listener's Commentary. And in this recording, we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 16 through 24. And we're in the second major section of the letter of 2 Corinthians. First major section is chapters 1 through 7. Second major section is chapters 8 and 9. Third major section is chapters 10 through 13. So we're in the middle of that second major section. And Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church. He has worked hard in chapter 1 through 7 to really repair the relationship with them. And now he's encouraging them to get back on track with their plan and their commitment to give to the collection for the Christians in Jerusalem and Judea. Paul has been working on this project of this offering for these Christians there in Jerusalem and Judea for about a year. And the Corinthians were the first church to really say yes to to getting on board with it. But presumably because of the relational breakdown between Paul and the Corinthians, their giving to that project has gone on the back burner, has ceased and desist. And so Paul now is really trying to restore that and and encourage them to get back on board with that. He has sought to encourage and inspire them and motivate them through the example of the Macedonians, which Paul's in Macedonia as he's writing this. He has appealed to the example of Jesus and really has appealed to their own sense of honor. So he's given sort of his initial appeal for this project. Now, here beginning in verse 16 of chapter 8, he explains that that's one of the reasons why he has sent Titus back to them, along with two other brothers, he calls them, to help kind of coordinate and complete their gifts and their offering for this project. And he does so with Titus and two others because he wants to make sure that it's all above board. That's what he's going to explain here. And so in chapter 8, verse 6, Paul mentions that he appealed to Titus to return to Corinth to help them get things going and complete uh, their offering. How did Titus respond to that appeal? Well, verse 16 picks up at that point and says, But thanks be to God who puts the same earnestness on your behalf in the heart of Titus. And so Paul had made that appeal to Titus, he tells us in 8.6. Here he tells us that Titus was actually eager to go. Uh, So Paul thanks God that Titus had the same eagerness and the same enthusiasm for the Corinthians that Paul has. That's when he says, Uh, The same earnestness, meaning the same earnestness as us. Indeed, God is described as the one giving this earnestness, giving this enthusiasm to Titus. And what's the evidence of that? Well, look at verse 17. For he not only accepted our appeal, that's the appeal that Paul mentioned in verse 6 up above, he not only accepted our appeal to go, but being himself very earnest, he has gone to you, of his own accord. That phrase, of his own accord, is the same word that's translated voluntarily up in chapter 8, verse 3. And so Paul, or Titus made a free choice to go. He, he gladly went of his own free choice. He's happy to go. He's eager to go visit them. And so Paul appealed to him. Titus jumped right on and said, yes, I will go. And Titus didn't go alone. A couple of others go with him. And so verse 18 introduces the first person who goes with Titus. Verse 18 says, For we have sent along with him the brother whose fame in the things of the gospel has spread through all the churches. Now, we don't know who this is. But apparently, he was well known in the churches of Paul. His 
fame. Literally, the word fame is praise, meaning acclaim, approval. So this guy is well-known and well-spoken of throughout all of Paul's churches. And the idea is that wherever he goes, the churches speak well of him. And so Paul sent him with Titus uh, on this trip to help the Corinthians kind of get ramped up on their offering project again. And by the time this letter is being read there in Corinth, this famous brother, this well-spoken of brother, and the other named person who Paul will mention here shortly, is standing there with Titus in the church at Corinth. So the Corinthians know exactly who he is. He can be pointed out right there when this letter is read to them. And notice that he's well spoken of in the gospel. And so in some sense, uh, his praise, his acclaim is tied to gospel ministry, gospel work, and it's spread through all the churches. And so he's going with Titus and he's acting on behalf of the churches as their representative in this ministry. Look at verse 19. And not only that, but he has also been appointed by the churches to travel with us in this gracious work, which is being administered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our readiness. Now, Paul here in verse 19 does not specify which churches um, he has in mind, which churches appointed this particular individual to go. We do know from the book of Acts that Paul had a variety of people traveling with him at this point in time in his ministry, and that those people presumably are representatives of the churches for administering this task, as Paul says here. Look at uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 4. It says this, And Paul was accompanied by Sopater of Berea, the son of Pyrrhus, and by Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians, and Gaius of Derbe, and Timothy, and Tychicus, and Trophimus, all from Asia. And so maybe it's one of those guys. Uh, whoever this person is. We just don't know for sure. Um, but he's been appointed by several churches to travel with us in this gracious work. Literally, it's, again, just grace. And, and it refers to the grace of this offering. Um, and Paul says that this, this uh, work is being administered by us, organized by us, for two purposes— one, for the glory of the Lord himself. So they're doing this. They're making this offering for God's glory and to show our readiness. I think what he means by that is uh, to show their readiness to help, to help the needy brothers, particularly the Jewish needy brothers. Here we are, a bunch of Gentiles in Gentile lands, and we haven't forgotten our Jewish kinsmen and our Jewish brothers in the faith there in Judea. And so I think that's what he means is to show their readiness to help. And when he says our readiness, he means himself, his team, and really even his churches, that they're all ready to help their Jewish brethren when they have a need. Now, why does Paul send this guy with Titus? Well, he answers that in verse 20. He says, taking precaution. So Titus is coming. This fellow is coming with him. We'll meet the other guy shortly who's coming with him. And they're doing this, he says, because they're taking precaution so that no one will discredit us in our administration of this generous gift. Paul's being smart. He is making sure that it's not just uh, he and Titus and Timothy. They could easily be accused maybe of collecting this money and then pilfering it, using it for their, themselves. Paul wants to be completely above board and completely honest about this. And so they're taking precaution to make sure no one can discredit them in how they administer this gift. And so this 
person is going as a representative of the churches, and he will ensure the integrity of the co collection and, and be able to vouch for, no, this is the full amount, so that no accusations can be made about mishandling funds here by Paul and his team. And why is that important? Well, look at verse 21. Paul says, for, explaining, for we have regard for what is honorable. We, we care about what is honorable, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of people. Paul is saying, we want to be completely above board in the eyes of people. We want to make sure that uh, we're administering this in a way that even people will see that we are honorable and we're doing the right thing in how we handle this. And therefore, they've sent Titus and this person along with Titus, and they've sent another person along as well. Look at verse 22. We have sent with them our brother, whom we have often tested and found diligent in many things, but now even more diligent because of his great confidence in you. Again, another unnamed individual who, when the letter is first read to the Corinthians, will be standing right there. They can see who it is. Uh, we don't know exactly who this is as well. But he appears to be part of Paul's ministry team. Notice he's described as our brother, not just the brother, but he's our brother. So he seems to be part of Paul's team. Paul says we've often tested him and found him diligent in many things. In other words, uh, we the word tested is from dokimazo, which means to examine and prove worthy or prove genuine or prove authentic. And as they've tested this guy out, he has been found diligent in many things, meaning he has been he's been eager and a good worker and a willing participant in the task. And that eagerness and diligence has deepened because he's got confidence in the Corinthians as well. And so he's eager to go and participate with them in this as well. And so he's sent along too. And then Paul gives a general statement of the role of these three men. He says this in verse 23, as for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. So that's who Titus is. The Corinthians know him. He's been sent to them on several occasions. So he's Paul's partner in ministry, and he's like an extension of Paul's ministry among the Corinthians. He's Paul's partner and fellow worker among you. As for our brothers, these other two unnamed brothers, they are messengers of the churches, a glory to Christ. That's their role. That's how Paul wants the Corinthians to think of them as representatives, official ambassadors, messengers, literally apostles of the churches. That is, official ambassadors of the churches that have sent them. And therefore, they are a glory to Christ. And so Paul appeals to the Corinthians in verse 24 to treat them right. He says this, he says, therefore, because of who they are and because of their role in Paul's ministry and before Jesus and in the churches, therefore, openly before the churches, show them the proof of your love and our reason for boasting about you. In other words, this is an appeal to their sense of honor and in an honor and shame culture, right? To avoid any sense of disgrace or shame that you might bring on yourselves and your community. And so before the whole churches, since they're representing the churches, since they'll be able to take word back to the churches, prove how honorable you are, O Corinthians, um, in showing the proof of your love. 
in showing how much you love us, how much you love the Lord, how much you love God's people in how you generously give. And show them that we have every good reason to boast about you, to celebrate your genuine faith and who you are. And so in a collectivist honor and shame culture like this, such a request really appeals to that that sense of honor and to the deep value of hospitality so that they will welcome them well and they will demonstrate real genuine um, generosity and hospitality in the welcoming of these men as they come to Corinth. Now, Paul will go on in chapter 9, and then after these kind of logistical matters here, Paul will give more direct appeals to the Corinthians. Uh, But let's pause it here at this point, and uh, just let me point out one simple little practical reflection from this section, and that's this. Paul's concern for integrity and Uh, his reputation and credibility with regard to the offering. He's taking practical measures to make sure uh, that everyone knows he's above board. He's taking practical measures that made sense in their situation to make sure this offering is handled rightly and that somebody doesn't stick their hand in the money jar, that Paul can't be accused of that. He's being very wise, very intentional, very practical in how he handles all the funds that are coming his way through this offering project. Not only that, I think there's another practical thing about these representatives to the churches because they're going to go with Paul back to Jerusalem and they're going to represent the Gentile churches. And so not only do they provide kind of a practical oversight of the funds themselves, but when they come, they can actually they can represent Gentile churches, living, breathing people who love Jesus from Gentile churches among these Jewish believers there in Jerusalem saying, here's what our church has sent your way. All of this will help foster strong bonds and good relations between Paul's Gentile churches and these Jewish churches. And remember, we're only at this point a handful of years out from the Jerusalem conference in Acts chapter 15, where there's this big debate uh, about Paul's ministry and about the Gentile churches and about whether or not they they need to keep the law of Moses in order to be part of the family of God. And they wrestled with that in Acts 15 and they, they settled on, no, they don't, but we want them to treat the their brothers and sisters with respect. And so they gave some guidelines for that and they encouraged Paul to remember the poor and Paul's doing that now here. And so Paul is being very intentional and very wise and very practical in how he administers this gift. And it sets a good example and encouragement to us to not neglect practical measures for credibility and honor in how we handle funds that people entrust to us in our ministries. All right, thanks for tuning into this session on the listener's commentary on 2 Corinthians. And thanks a ton to all of you who make the listener's commentary and this entire online ministry possible by your faithful, generous support. And one of the ways I'm seeking to act with uh, credibility and integrity in this ministry is all donations are received in partnership with an organization called World Family Mission. So when you click the Give button on the, the Listener's Commentary website, goes right through their giving portal, and they manage and oversee the funds, and uh, they're the ones that send out reports and paperwork. And so all of that is a way to make sure that your gifts and your funds uh, are handled with accuracy and integrity. So thanks a ton for your support and for making this ministry possible. May God be praised because of your generosity.